0: It's kind of uh, my heart about just going, Uh, get a chance to just go. I told my wife on, um, I think it was yesterday, I was walking across the house, I said, you know, I spent uh, so many years in the military in a deployable state, which I always was going, going, and I was part of what we call a fighter squadron, every fighter squadron. and In the fighter squadron, you'll have a flight go to Italy, you'll have a flight go to Germany, you'll have a flight go to wherever, and you have people gone all the time. And I love that in our church. It's like a deployment. You got two people here overseas. You got you got another five people in LA, and you got another two people in Monterey, Mexico, and doing the work of God. And I call that global reach. And we're able to do that and celebrate that here uh, when God's advancing his gospel through people. So you guys are amazing through that. So we talk about reaching people and building community. That's what we mean, and that's what it's about. We don't have to wait once a year to do anything. We are on mission all the time time. So I'm glad today. I'm glad you guys were able to sleep in a little bit. Everyone got an extra hours sleep? I did because I didn't go to sleep because every hour I kept waking up because my atomic clock did not change. So I had a bunch of coffee and I'm talking about prayer. So we might get out of here by five o'clock today. Yeah, I like that. All righty. So if I fall out, we got the guys who can preach. Anyway, today we're going to part two of our, uh, of our series called Bold. Everyone say bold. We're going to talk about prayer, bold prayers. And we're going to follow with the story that we started with last week with John and uh, Peter, I mean, yeah, John and Peter, as they were before the Sanhedrin, and they had, got in trouble for healing a young man. And in this point, they sent him away in, in Acts chapter 4 and brought him back in. They told John and Peter, I do not want you preaching about Jesus any longer. And Peter had another amazing message. Well, for me not to preach about Jesus and um, really obey you, that's going to be up to you. But I cannot help. I cannot stop. I cannot even think about not preaching about what I've heard and what I've seen. And they gave them some orders. Don't say anything. And they sent them out. And they thought that was going to be over. And then we get into verse 23 to 31. Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 31. If you don't have it, we have it on the screens. It goes here. It said, when they were released... They went to their friends, everyone say friends, Friends. and they reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted up their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heavens and the earth and the seas and everything in them, who through the mouth of your father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles raise and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers and were gathered together against the Lord and his anointed. Say, I'm anointed. For truly in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan have predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your service to continue. Everyone say, continue. continue. To speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand and heal, to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, oh, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost today in second service, and continue to speak the word, continue to speak the word uh, of God with boldness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask you that you give us a revelation of how powerful prayer really is to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You've seen these guys left, and they went to um, their friends. I love this part, of this, this, this um, prayer. When you look at the writers, the, the writers all the uh, historians say this is one of the greatest prayers in the Bible. They call it the apostolic prayer. In fact, it's one of the longest prayers in the Bible. Average prayer in the Bible is about one minute. But it says it's one of the longest prayers in the Bible. And it's one of the most powerful prayers in the Bible because of the content of the prayer themselves, of itself, and what they did. And this is the church coming together to pray. And what we're going to do is unpack three things about bold prayers. When the church prays or when we pray individually, uh, or we pray together as smart life groups. How powerful that is and how God wants us to come and pray. I love this. this and this prayer was born out of their witness and service for the Lord. Remember I was talking about? They were going out, sharing the gospel. People were getting healed. People were getting saved. And they needed prayer because they were on mission. You know, that, that really amps up your prayer life when you're on mission. Can I get an amen? When you're not on mission, do you need to pray? Well, that means you, yeah, if you pray, that means he's going to put you on mission. <laughs> okay? Because when, you, when, you, when you're on mission, you get hungry. You need a word, you need to pray, and you need breakthrough. And this was the church. Remember, I said there's no difference between the church of Acts and the church today. In fact, we're more equipped today than they were back then. We have a whole word that had one word. Amen? So when we look at, it, so when you see bold prayers start to happen, and when they're answered, bold prayers are happening and they're answered when we, number one, if you're taking notes, pray together with one accord. Now you said, Pastor Rich, that's kind of weird the way you put that. They pray together with one accord. We I got the word together means in the Greek, means one accord. In Acts 1:14, you saw that. Jesus said, Go and wait and pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to come, to fall. But they were in one place together in one accord praying. One accord means and have the same mind and the same heart. Not unity. It's better than unity. They have one heart and one mind for this gospel to get out, for Jesus to be made famous. They came together with that one purpose, think about it. When the church prays about one thing, not about me getting a new car, not about this happening in my life, how do we get this gospel in Abilene, Texas to every household in our zip code? And we come together and we pray for that in one accord in one mind. Because that's where God beats us. Now, to do this, it takes us to a higher level of maturity because the gospel is for other people, not necessarily for us. Think about this church's mentality. One accord. Now, was, Paul, was Peter different than John? Was the son of the thunder different than Peter? They didn't concentrate on that. They were unified because of who Jesus is. Makes it. Now, here's a question. Here's the great thing on that. It's one thing to have faithful friends. It's another thing to have friends full of faith. what do they do? They left. They went to their friends. You ever get in a jam? You, do you have those friends you can go to and pray, that are full of faith and pray? Come on, somebody. That, I'm, okay, I need you to pray with me. You, if, you go, if you need someone for prayer, that's not a time you need someone... Who's a realist? Realists, go out the door. I need some faith. I need some friends. I need some friends that believe in the church. Can I give you a hint? Can I give you a commercial? I still believe in the church. I still believe. In fact, the church is the hope of the world. Jesus is the hope of the world. The church is the hope of the world. Now, we get caught up in the body of Christ, But the head is perfect. Can I get an amen? Amen. Who's the head? Jesus. Now, it takes us a lifetime to line up with the head. So as long as the head's great, I'm okay with that. Now, I have some friends that are not not friendly to the church, and they don't like the church. They think the church has failed. Church can't fail when the head's Jesus. Jesus never failed. Maybe you don't understand what's going on, and maybe you need to line up underneath the head. And when you lamp underneath the head, you don't get what you want. You don't say what you want. You don't pick the friends you want. You don't pick the preacher you want. You pick the truth that you need. Come on, somebody. And that's what the church is. And that's what they were doing. It didn't matter what Peter was. Remember? He's the one that denied Christ. They didn't bring it up in a prayer meeting. Hey, Peter, remember the last time you denied? You know how people will rehearse your, your failures? The church is still alive today. They're saying, well, the church, no, we're not not shrinking at all. In fact, we're getting better. We're getting stronger because all the squishy middle is leaving. And the real Christ followers are staying. Because when you talk about commitment and responsibility, I'm not into that. I want to find someone who will make me feel good. Go to get humor. Ice cream. I'm not here to feel good. I'm here to advance God's kingdom. And at the same time in me advancing his kingdom, he changes my selfish, pitiful attitude. That's what discipleship's about. Because he changes me before he changes anything else. When I'm changed... Everything around me has changed. Can we talk about the church? Do we really want revival? You know what revival look like? I'm changed. Because when they said, oh, sovereign Lord, they put themselves as slaves. And they were saying, ruler of all things. You're the ruler of all things. And you have unchangeable, unchallengeable power. And authority, and we're here to listen to you. Everything you have to say is right. Ooh. So I don't just swing, in, I don't come in God's presence anywhere I want to. No. Been too familiar with God? Here's a question: what kind of friends do you have? Are they pulling you closer to the church or are they pulling you away from the church? Are they church bashers? Church ain't going nowhere. The hope of the world is the church. It don't have to look pretty. It don't have to smell pretty. But it is pretty. It's blameless and it's pure. Because his name is Jesus. And he's my father. And he's the head. You bash me. You're bashing him. That's church. The called out ones. The sanctified ones. I don't need to mix with the world. I don't need to dress like the world, to preach like the world. The world ain't doing too well. Why would I want to dress like them? How's it working for them? It's the gospel. I don't care what color the carpet is. I want to know how great Jesus is. So when you look at that, they prayed. Psalms 146.6 said, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that's in them? He's the God who's faithful forever. That's what they prayed, 146.6. What they were saying, this God's greater than anything on the planet, anybody on the planet. Now, when they said sovereign Lord, it's amazing when you look at that and you go through verses 24 to 28. This really gets to me. Sovereign Lord means, when he said this, they, they went through the line in 24, it says, you're the God who created all things. First, he's the God of creation. The very God of creation, that means you made the heavens and the earth and all the seas. And then he gets down, you're the God of revelation. You spoke to the Holy Spirit, to your servant David. So you're God, not the only creation, the God of revelation. And then at the end, you're the God of history. You have already decided your plan. When we have a God like that that knows the beginning from the end, how enjoyable is prayer? When the church gets a hold of that, you mean you got, oh, you made everything. You and I everything. Right, okay, great. Got that. Check. Oh. Revelation, yeah, you spoke everything into being, and what's not here today, you can speak it tomorrow. Got that? Oh, history, history. You already decided what's going to happen. Yeah, if you read the book of Revelation, he's already decided we win. Oh yeah, yeah. This is, this is a fixed fight. I like being a Christian. You mean I don't, I don't, I'm not judged by what, I don't have to look at what I see and be, and be turned off by? It? No. So he's the God, sovereign Lord of, his, of creation, revelation, and history. And what got them to that point and what they were doing, if you understand this prayer, they were praying the scriptures. That's number two. We pray the scriptures to 25 and 28. What they were doing, they were praying Psalms 1 and 2. Why does the nation rage? Why does the Gentiles come against your anointed, capital A, your Jesus? Now they should have went all the way to verse four, because when it says in verse four, he says this: He says, "Yeah, and the one who sits in heaven is laughing, and he holds them in contempt." Now, who's sitting in heaven laughing? God. Now, while we're upset because Starbucks changed the cup, (laughs) or Disney said they're not going to honor something, he's laughing, because he says it's going to happen. I love um, some of our guys. My son grew up in uh, Team Chip Taekwondo. And I love the mentality. It's amazing, scriptural and everything. My son and a couple of other guys, they always they used to come and share stories about their actions in, in school. And a guy will come up and say something to them, and, and they would and go like this. <laughs> and said, and they said, he said, Dad, they get mad when I laugh, but why, why do I have to worry about it? They teach me one steps. I'll have them down in 60 seconds, and I don't have to throw a punch. You know the confidence they had? Now, we have a God who created, who spoke, who's historic. Can we laugh? The world's going south. Yeah, it's going south because we're not putting salt in the meat. Can we laugh? They're going, to take the, they're going to take the statues down with the Ten Commandments. Oh. Let's have a protest. Let's show everybody what we're against because we're so passionate about what we don't like. We're not passionate about what we should be doing. What we should be doing? Preaching the gospel. Oh, you're going to take down the statue? That's fine. Take it down over here. Can I walk around there? Because you can't take Christ out of my heart. Because the one that's greater than what's created is our creator. What a prayer. Do you see the magnificence of that prayer? You see, that's a word. Now, see, when you pray the scriptures, God opens up the eyes of your understanding. Because what happens is we're caught up. In what we see. I love Psalms 19-11. It says, I've up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, which means when you store up the word for a, a rainy day. And when it, you need it, it comes out. But it gives you perspective. Though they, I'm in front of I'm in front of the courtroom before the Sanhedrin and they're threatening me, I have the word in my heart saying what? They can't touch it. They can't stop what God's doing. So that's my heart. That's my perspective. I don't look on what I see. I look on what it's supposed to be. And my eyes of our understanding comes from the scriptures. Yeah, Yeah, I know we're in a recession, but I know I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing. I know I have sickness in my body. I know I've been healed in Jesus' name. My perspective comes from the scriptures. That's amazing. So I have to ramp it up. Stop looking at what you can see and really realize what's not there. We say, well, I don't, I'm, I'm nervous today, I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. That's a great place to be. Know why? Because that tells you what's real. If they don't know what's next, don't we know what's next? Don't we know what's next? We should know what's next. I, I'll give you a hint. If you get a hold of this, you want to age so quick. Because you see reality. That's why he says, I walk by faith, not by sight. It's amazing. We get caught up in what we see and what we think is real. It's not real. It's, it's, God's just not, he's in the middle of all of that. I'll give you you some proof. If you go down to um, verse 28, this this is amazing. This is truly amazing. Verse 28, he says this, whatever your hand and your plan have predestined to take place. He's talking about them killing Jesus. All them launching against his anointed. Whatever (laughs) your hand, God, and your plan have predestined to take place. If you ever read the Gospels and they try to, remember they had to try to put their false witnesses against, they weren't smart enough to kill them. This was planned. To my plan, predestined. Yes. Really? Yes. This church was planned in 1990. Can I tell you when it was really planned? Before the foundations of the earth. God already knew. He already knows. Because he's the God of revelation. He already knows where we're going. And we spend our days as a leader of this church. We spend our days uncovering his revelation. That he already pre-planned for Grace Point. Think about it. Because that's what's real what's written. You ever hear about, do you remember what you read last week in the newspaper? You call it what? Old news? Isn't this timeless? And it's not even timeless, it's today and tomorrow. I'll read the same thing and try to preach the same thing tomorrow, it won't come out the same way. Revelation after, revelation after. So why would my eyes and my understanding be upon... The government should be upon the scriptures, and when we pray, what a power! Now you always hearing, because then we get caught up it's great in great spiritual warfare. How many, you know, intrigued with spiritual warfare, the devil and God and all that stuff? And right, we get oh, 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 right, and we get caught up. Don't laugh, y'all know where I'm going with this. <laughs> And we say, and you, get those, you ever get those, I get these prophecies one time. Pastor Rich, Satan's on the loose. And then you're duh, but that's okay. And they, they shake and tell you that. And you know, Satan's on the loose. Yeah, it's good, but he's on a leash. Because when he predestined, what was predestined, God always turns it for his glory. Jesus, how do you figure that out? How do you become free? You die. But they were like, the St. was like, We killed him, it's over. No, he died, it's spreading. When's the last time something spread when it died? Make you go, hmm, that's the kingdom of God. That's where the eyes of our understanding comes from. Some things have to die in our life so we can really see life. It's amazing. He's on a leash. Now the greatest thing is to catch you to the last part. Twenty nine and thirty one is amazing because it goes against all my the way I feel. He had prayed for empowerment, not escape. Wow! <laughs> Look what it says. They prayed. He told God, "Look upon their threats. Let us continue to speak Your Word with boldness and stretch out Your hand to heal." and signs and wonders which validate your message. Now, just look upon them, but let me continue in my work, Now, let me quit, right? We look for reasons to quit. It's tough. It's hard. Someone said something about me. Good. All right. Great. Keep going. Get back to work. Grant me to continue your work. Can I give you a revelation here? Most guys, our biggest enemy is not our circumstances or injustice. It's our disobedience. Our biggest enemy is now circumstances, it's our disobedience. They prayed to stay obedient to Christ's command. They stayed to stay, they stay be, uh, obedient to Matthew 28, 18 to 20. That was the most important thing to them. Yeah, this is a roadblock. This is a, this is a step here. But I need to go around, I need to continue going. Can you just cover my flank? I gotta continue spreading this word. I gotta continue witnessing. I gotta get up every morning on Sunday morning and serve. I gotta get here Saturday night and clean up the church. I gotta I gotta keep going. Oh, my body doesn't. That's okay. Just can you keep eye on that? Just let me, let me glance at you so I can just let me not glance. Let me fix my eyes on you so I can just glance at these problems. Because there's always gonna be problems. He said it. They're raging, he's laughing. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. And we're, you know, happened in the Old Testament. Guys, how come you start building a temple? Because they called his names. Haggai, they called you names, build the temple. Uh, um, with what? Okay, we'll make it easy. Go get my stuff, my trees, <laughs> my rocks that I created. Take them here and go get the guys I am gifted to cut it cut it, and put it together. And they're going to call your names anyway. Okay. Now, I don't even want this deal. I just do the cutting and the lifting. That's it. It make sense? Yeah. That's why you stay empowerment, not escape. We can have prayer meetings and talk about how big the devil is, and we're casting demons out, and we're not doing anything. What we cast them out for, we're not going to witness. And I love effective prayer. I love prayer. My favorite prayer is Psalms 2.8. Ask of me. And I'll give you the nations as, a, as your inheritance. We're doing it. We got nine people on mission. That's a prayer I've been praying five years in this church. Continue going. Continue going. Continue going. Continue going. But they're going. And now we'll hear those stories when they come back. People got healed. This happened. Why? Because they're on a mission. mission. us have a big prayer service to talk about what? We already know he's on the loose. That's his job. But the other part of the job, he's, he lost. Let's talk about Revelation. It's over. Now, can we get going Can we get going? Come on, somebody. Can we get going? I tell myself every day, I tell my back. I talk to my back because it's been hurting. Can we get going? Can you give me two hours? They'll give me two hours and you'll see me about three o'clock. I'll be like a little baby on the couch. Donna, bring me some ice cream. Anyway, but (laughs) I don't have time, man. It hurts, but I'll, I'll get fixed. But it's about empowerment. And what did Jesus do? God do. Holy Spirit came. He empowered them because what? Why? They were in one accord, one mind, one heart. Two, they reminded him by the scriptures. They were full of the word. You got to be full of the word because when the world gets a hold of you, you're going to find out what you're full of real quick. Three, I mean, want to be empowered to continue going. I don't want just because this happened. It's gonna always going to happen. Someone was we talking about the other day. When is there ever a good time to do anything? Nowadays, never. It's never a good time to plan a church. Never time to do a campaign. Never time. You know why it's now never a good time? Because it's never on my time. And if it's on my time, then I'll take credit for it. When it's on God's time, who gets the credit for it? So it's amazing. I, loved, I wrote this quote down. It said this. Prayer is not an escape from responsibility. It's a response to God's ability. Yeah. Not to escape the response. He's sovereign over creation, sovereign over revelation, and sovereign over history. But that does not stop my responsibility there be roadblocks. In fact, you ought to count the roadblocks as signs that you're going in the right direction. You ever notice nothing happens in your life? You say, oh, I'm off track because I'm going against society. I'm going against culture. I am, we're straight, the church goes against culture. We don't go with culture. We don't even speak the same language. We're going against everything. You mean love my brother? Yes. When he curse you out? Yes. On Un- Heard of? Open the door for somebody? Today? Yes. Pick up trash around Walmart? Yes. You mean be kind? Yes. Is that against culture? Yes. Am I getting on Facebook and when they rail against me? What do I do? I close it. Is that against culture? Let's fight back. No, friction. And friction sharpens, and it shows we're on the right way. We're going, we're going the right way, because you get later on in this. I'm not going to cover this in this sermon series. You get later on. These guys get beaten. You know what they did when they come out getting beaten? I didn't. When I got beaten by my parents, I didn't celebrate. They came out and said, here we got beat, just like Jesus did. I'm like, that is amazing. <laughs> Can't remember. Evil is a reality, but God is a deeper, more powerful reality. And when I ended on the first service, was this. A lot of times our eyes of our understanding is off. We're so caught up in what we see. We don't realize what's really been, what's really taking place. When they were praying, they were being persecuted. They were getting slammed. But the church came together and prayed, like it was never happening. All they said was, "Let me continue to share this gospel, and you continue to confirm the gospel." Yeah, I will not. My reputation is going to go in the toilet. I'll get spit at. But that's not, that's not what it's about. It's about the soul who doesn't know you. It's the very soul who might die tonight and don't know you. It's not about me winning an argument. It's about me playing games in church. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when we start as a church look at that level that maturity that mindset the book of Acts is a reality. Doesn't matter. If someone doesn't know Jesus and I'm responsible for sharing it that's what really bugs me. That's what really bugs me. That's what really bugged them. That's why the prayer was so powerful. God, yeah, they're going to they're rail. You already said they're going to rail against us. But as you're, let's let us friends get together. Let's do something amazing. We know your scriptures are real. Let's just pray that. And, Father, we don't want to escape anything. In fact, bring more on it. Let them keep calling us names and taking everything away, and this is going to be our greatest hours for you to shine. I want to be empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit. To do what? To be a witness and serve him. Not my name, nothing else. from 50 years from now, they don't remember my name, but you'll remember the people. You'll remember the church, God's church, Grace Point Church. And why God put it here since the foundation of the earth to do something fantastic. That's why we gather. Those who are saints, we gather to figure out how to be equipped to do what they call us to do. And the other ones who don't know Jesus is the time for you to find out who he is. Let every head bow, every eye close. It's interesting, as I talked about the gospel. And some of you might be just your first time coming and knowing about who Jesus is and what this looks like. It's completely opposite of what you even think or heard of. Since dying and, and, and growing and, and, and rising, what a Christian really is. And when he says, There's no other name that a man can be saved except through Christ. That you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that he is Lord, you shall be saved. Saved from what, Pastor Rich? A life-altering life without him. A life without him. That's what you're saved from. And he's the one that draws people to places that you probably don't even want to come. You didn't come here because, oh, this is great. You came here because he drew you here. If that's you this morning, you want to give you, you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. You want to say, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna wholeheartedly surrender my life to Him. If that's you, wherever you are, just raise your hand. No one's looking. Anybody. Anybody. It's your time. Not talking about when you. Walk the aisle in your, in your family's church talking about you confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart for you, who Christ is. If you've never done that, well, it's time to raise up your hands, slip your hand up wherever you are. Anybody? Amen. How about this thing? How many... Uh, this message kind of affected your boldness. I and mean, you may kind of been sitting back and not believing God. My faith, your faith has been kind of low and really afraid to step out like you used to step out when you first got born again. And you just sell yourself now, you're just in this rut of life. And you desire, you want, I wanna, I wanna re-engage Christ, and that's gonna make me re-engage people and re-engage the very purpose why I'm here on this earth. If that's you, just raise your hand where you are. I'm going to pray for you. Anybody? Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Pray for those. Raise their hand. Father, I thank you this morning. We are called to be bold because we have a bold God. We're called to be different, because we have a different God. We're called to witness, because you witnessed to us. We're called to be your vessels of honor. We're in, we're just jars of clay, but the glory of God's in each and every one of us. Pray for everyone here, that they will not shrink back Praying for their neighbor, shrink back from praying for their co worker, shrink back from really living this life, which is the exciting life. As you touch them today, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, a hand clap, guys. While we stand, Weeks like this, you have um, spring break, spring forward, a lot of things going on. What we want to do is end in worship. Whenever I feel just tired or worn down, I'm able to connect with God on a real real level, which is in worship. Can't do that apart from him. I agree. I can't do nothing apart from him. And a lot of times, God's reaching for us, and we're not reaching back to him because we're so busy and we're self-sufficient. But like those guys, what they did—that prayer was so amazing because they said, "I cannot, we cannot do anything without you." It's a time when they lift up their voices, it was a time of worship and prayer. And when we want you now, we're going to end that way with you. I want you to reconfigure your mind and your heart. Don't worry about what you got to do tomorrow, what's going to happen this afternoon. Spend time with your father. As one guy would say, "God's your father." Now it's time for you to call home. As the worship is going, call home. The line's already open. Refresh yourself. Encourage. And then we'll end. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you right now for these amazing folks. We worship you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.